Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Language Hacking Podcast. Today, I am chatting with Dan Mireya, and I'm very happy to introduce his story to you uh, because he's got a range of different uh, things in his background that I think you're going to find very interesting. So I'm going to uh, hand it over to you and let you tell us how has language learning become a part of your life? The links and resources mentioned in this episode can be found at languagehacking.com forward slash 141. Welcome to the Language Hacking Podcast from Fluent in Three Months. Yeah, thanks so much. I'm really excited to be here and kudos to you for the pronunciation. It was like <laughs> almost perfect. Um, I loved it. It's 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 like the X, the stress is on the first syllable, so it's Mira, but it was like ah. the best anyone and any non-Romanian has ever done. So I'm impressed. Oh wow, okay. <laughs> uh so yeah, I'm really excited to be here. Um I obviously have followed uh your work for a while and and exciting to connect and yeah i can i can talk a bit about myself so i'm i'm kind of so i'm a i'm a researcher i'm a psychology researcher i'm doing my phd uh, at princeton in the us and i am also kind of an internet linguist i would say so i make content on social media about psychology but actually also actually primarily about linguistics so uh, i kind of started as wanting to uh, just I've had I've always had a passion for language and for linguistics, and I've, uh, I've it's kind of it was my dream to like be a YouTuber one day, and that kind of didn't work. But when TikTok became a thing in 2020, I just kind of like hopped on that ship, and it's worked really well. And um, and yeah, and I'm really so I so I'm kind of like an um, in, like part-time linguist. I would say I'm not like an academic linguist. I'm also a language learner, so I really love learning languages. I speak a few to like a decent B2 level. Um, I would say B2 is probably like a good threshold for like uh, fluency. I think I, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with, I'm, I'm up there with a few languages. I'm still learning new ones. Okay. So I'm from Romania. So I, I was born uh, monolingual. I started learning English pretty early uh, in primary school. Um, and actually I wasn't like, it wasn't like my favorite subject. I was kind of more into like math and science. Um, I also learned a bit of German middle school again, not like really my passion. And it was, it wasn't until like high school, like 11th grade. So like, like junior year of high school that I got really, so I basically like, I discovered linguistics as a field, as a kind of the science of language, um, through this thing called the Linguistics Olympiad. It's kind of like the Math Olympiad. It's a competition for high school students, but instead of like math problems, you solve linguistics problems. And it's kind of a weird concept because like we don't learn linguistics in schools. Like what is what is linguistics to like a high schooler? But you're not actually supposed to know linguistics. It's kind of like you solve these like language puzzles. There's actually like, a, it's called like the language lover's book. There's like a book out there now where you can, I encourage everyone who's like into languages to like look up these things. They're like really fun. It's kind of like, sudoku but like with languages it's super fun so a class like a, a classic example would be you get like 10 sentences in, in a 10 sentences in a language that you haven't heard about you're not supposed to have heard about some of these have like you know 10 speakers left they're like very very like endangered languages with like 
you know, little research on them, but, you know, they have like grammars, uh, like uh, people understand the grammars and what you as like a, a, a solver are supposed to do is you get these sentences and you get their English translations or like the translations in your language and you're supposed to figure out the rules. You're supposed to like figure out grammar rules from this like little data. So you're comparing the sentences, comparing the words and you figure out something, something about the grammar. And it's like, that just made me realize that like languages are so logical, they're so systematic and they're so diverse. And like, uh, you know, as when you're exposed to like, like language in school, it's all kind of like boring. They kind of talk about, oh, there's like lots of exceptions. You kind of don't see the regularities and you also don't see how much diversity there is out there. So like, you know, when you learn like English and maybe German or French, in school is like they're very similar languages but this made me realize how diverse languages are how many different ways of like saying the same thing of like thinking about the same thing uh, there are and and yeah and like really got me got me into it and and it was also like I also discovered like I I kind of uh it was kind of around the same time that I uh like watched Frozen the Disney movie and they have these like I don't know if you know they have these like multilingual videos of like the songs um because you know they they dub them in every language so then, and then they make these like videos where there's like one sentence in each language and that like like I was like obsessed with those videos I I was again kind of like on a smaller scale also showing me like the diversity of like how different languages sound and I was just there's so much exposure at once that I was like completely sold and that's kind of like you know I I realized that I'm going to be a language learner I'm going to be a polyglot or at least try to be one um, and started learning random languages on my own. Didn't work so well. To, it worked, it worked with some languages like that were similar to, you know, Romanian and English, less with others. I, I only started like learning properly when I went to college and then I took some classes. Um, and yeah, and, and, you know, over this, like, this was like, a, like, you know, I'm 26 now, so this was, it's been like maybe 10 years since I started like this journey. And I think I've just acquired a lot of knowledge that, you know, now helps me make content about, you know, what I've learned about linguistics and languages and, and yeah, and share with the world and also connect with people like you. So yeah, <laughs> exciting. Yeah, that's amazing. And I, I definitely want to talk a lot about your social media journey. But before I get into that, um, you've got this nice combination of psychology and linguistics. And this is always something I've had a kind of a casual interest in myself because I would definitely not categorize myself as a linguist. I learn languages very pragmatically to do something like to typically to go to the country. And for me, psychology plays a very big role in that in terms of uh, figuring out how to be more confident in myself, figuring out how to convince people to speak to me because it's not just my language level, it's also my body language and how I'm, uh, how much I'm hesitating and how friendly I'm being. So for me, this overlap of psychology and linguistics has always been fascinating. So I'd love to hear your thoughts on this because you talk about both subjects. So how do you see the interaction and merging of psychology with linguistics? Yeah, I'm, I, I find it like a really fascinating kind of interdisciplinary topic. I think, uh, there's a lot of points of interaction. So there's a lot of like psychology research, for example, thinking of language learning. Uh, there's a lot of research on like the benefits of like language learning for your cognition, for your like, 
you know, like your general ability to like uh, solve like solve problems or like think abstractly or even your well-being. So there's even some like evidence that it kind of helps people uh, like in the older age prevent dementia. So like it helps it helps your brain kind of be more uh, flexible and maybe uh, more resistant to like neurodegeneration. Um, that's one direction. There's a lot of like interesting research on like how on a more abstract level of the like the psycholinguistic level so like how does language and how do language and thinking interact so like there's this like you know really old kind of idea and theory that language shapes our thought and there's a lot of like really interesting research into how that happens does that even like to what extent can we say that language shapes our thought or like you know, if we speak multiple languages and we switch between languages, is there, does that change our personality? There's like lots of stuff in there. And, you know, the jury's still out there. Like it's, it seems like there's pretty small effects, but like pretty, you know, uh, there is some truth to like when people say, I really feel differently because you're kind of maybe not even at the psychological level, but also at a cultural level, right? Like when you're like engaging, because when you're learning a language, sure, there's like a, you're learning a set of rules and there's something like very cognitive about it, but you're also like learning about a culture, about a different culture. And, you know, you learn how to interact with people from that culture differently. So, so yeah, there's, um, yeah, I, and I think you also mentioned like this kind of, uh, um, the inter kind of interaction between maybe language learning and mental health. So like when people are uh, like, especially like for like language learners that are maybe, there, there's maybe an interaction with like social anxiety, like does, you know, if you're a really shy person that really doesn't like making mistakes in public or like talking to other people and like being judged, it's really, it can be really hard to like, uh, to learn languages and it, if you think about, you know, maybe teaching people um, or you as a learner is, you know, there's, there's, you need to keep that in mind. And I think there's not that much research in this direction. I really think it's really interesting. And I, you know, if there's researchers out there who are in this field, they should do more research in, in this, because I don't think we know exactly how these things interact. Um, but I find it super interesting. And yeah, I, I kind of, with my channel, I am sometimes I talk about these things in separation, but sometimes I try to bring in also when I see like a piece of research that is like really at like on the same, like at the intersection between the two, I'm like really excited. So like I did one about, there's like a really interesting one about how different languages have different uh, rates of speech. So like you, a Spanish person or like a Japanese person might speak really, really fast compared to maybe like a Thai person or a Vietnamese person. This is like, you know, there's data on this, but actually it seems like the amount of information you convey is really constant across language. So every language is optimized to kind of convey information at the same rate, but just some languages are like more inefficient than others. So like Spanish is a more inefficient one because you kind of have to say a lot of syllables to say the same things, but maybe like Vietnamese or Thai are very efficient because you have the, all the tones and that give kind of extra, each syllable is conveys so much more information because of all these like, like phonetic differences with the tones and all the consonants. And I don't really know anything about Thai, but this is just from, from reading this research. So yeah, this stuff like this, like really, really interests me. And I like sharing it with the world whenever I find it and, you know, I come across it. And uh, touching back on mental health, uh, you actually work a lot with Mental Health for Romania. 
And I'm sure that there's a kind of um, a chicken and an egg situation with language learning that which comes first, like does the confidence come first and then you learn the languages or do you try to learn languages, maybe get a bit successful and that makes you a more confident person. So I'm sure your experience with English and then eventually, uh, you know, making it such that you're actually a student at one of the most prestigious universities in the United States has given you a lot of confidence that you would not have been able to do that as a child, like without any English. So I'm sure as you work with um, Romanians, maybe does language learning play any kind of role there? Like maybe they might see themselves in, in the scale of the world once they're able to potentially communicate well in English? Yeah, that's a really interesting question. So yeah, I do, I kind of, I like, this is like an NGO I'm, I play an active part in and I, it's kind of my way of giving back to my home country because, you know, I've kind of left and I don't live there and don't, I'm not doing research there. But um, yeah, I think it's a really interesting, uh, it's a really interesting question about um, how, yeah, like language plays a, a huge role in their activity actually because we're actually trying to um there's actually there's there's a there's a problem with like maybe the loss in translation problem let's say right and a lot of content like a lot of mental health content a lot of uh mental health focus is done is you know it comes from or is or is there, there's 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 a focus on mental health in like the US and the UK and Anglophone country and there's a lot of content if you search on the internet, you'll find like a lot of English content. There's not as much content in, in other languages. It's such a it's such a kind of imbalanced topic in 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 different lang in in like non-English languages. So we actually try to like make a lot of content, actually help Romanians that might not speak English, like access the same the same content. Um, and yeah, I don't, we don't really like deal. We don't really think that much about the intersection between like learning languages and and mental health i think it's it, as as i said it's more like the other way we're trying to make it accessible for them even if they don't speak english to access the information but i do think that like there is a huge huge even even as much as we try we cannot cover the um, immense amount that there is in english and you know the, the like a lot of like really engaging content, like videos on YouTube or even TikToks, like that is really hard to like translate or like to make in every language because there's like creators that are just really talented that do it and it's in English and you cannot really get, like you cannot really understand it if you don't speak English. So I do think like in this increasingly globalized world that people who who don't know English feel, and especially yeah, thinking about maybe mental health and trying to access crucial information for them i really do think that they uh it can feel really like estranging and like weird when like you know people around you do speak english and maybe and it, i do think like there's a huge like even in romania i don't know other countries but in romania there's a huge you know push to even even if like a lot of people speak english there's like the people who don't there's a really huge need and motivate they, they have like they experience like a really huge kind of urge to learn English. And there's this kind of pressure that everyone puts on you to learn English. And yeah, I do think that makes things maybe worse. I, I'm not sure. I don't, we haven't thought about it, but I think that's a, that's a reasonable hypothesis. 
Okay, so I, I really want to talk about your experience in growing this uh, huge following that you've got now on the likes of TikTok and then on Instagram. Because uh, you said you tested out YouTube and it just didn't work for you. And I know a lot of people listening uh, have their eye on potentially being a language learning creator and being able to share their background. And especially in your case, having that more academic connection to linguistics. So why did it not work on YouTube and why is it working on TikTok and what have you been doing uh, to help your growth on, on a platform like TikTok? That's a great question. So yeah, I actually never got around to properly trying it on YouTube. It was more at the level of intent, but I never took the actions to do it because, uh, and I, the main reason was because, so even though, so I was, you know, I was maybe in high school, 2014, 2015, watching these like incredible polyglot creators talk, doing these like, you know, speaking in 15 languages. And I was just there like dreaming that one day I'd be able to do that. And I think when I started speaking maybe like four or five languages relatively well, that I was able, you know, I would have been able to actually do this. Uh, it was already like 2017, 2018. And the production values on YouTube in those years went like through the roof, I thought. It was, it seemed just really hard and really effortful to like, put in the video, the like the video length also went up. So like videos now were like, I don't know, 30 minutes to an hour. It was just really, really long videos. And I was just like, I don't have, it's, it's really hard for me to like, as someone who is kind of a perfectionistic and a bit socially anxious, at least at the beginning to sit down and have the guts to do this and to put in so much effort when I have no idea if it will work. So I kind of like was never, you know, I want, I've kept like in the back of my, it was kind of in the back of my head. Um, and I think actually a part of it was also just the, the, how hectic like life is and life was. And the thing that changed apart from, uh, you know, TikTok appearing and, uh, being like a really, really low effort kind of low stakes environment where you just like film yourself doing like a 30 second to one minute video that can be, you know, you can be in like your PJs and it's fine. Like that's like the norm. Uh, or you can have like a silly background in the, you know, a green screen thing on, on, in the back and that's fine. So part, so that was one thing. And then the other thing was just the pandemic and just being at home for a long time and kind of, kind of feeling like a, a like a sense of like lack of purpose um and like you know things were okay like I wasn't struggling that much as much as you know other people were struggling and I, I'm grateful for that I had a pretty good experience but still I was like I have so much time on my hands because I'm not you know doing the normal stuff like socializing and going like traveling and what am I going to do? And I was just, you know, just, it started by like just using TikTok a lot and just being like, oh, this is actually the most fun I'm having during this period to, so it started there to, and then it became actually like, I started seeing like people started making these polyglot checks. So kind of like the same content on YouTube, but on TikTok and with flags and like very, very, you know, like cute and low effort. And at one day I was just like, okay, I'm going to like, 
you know what? I can do this. Like, I, this is not hard. This is not that hard. Um, I can do it and whatever, even if it doesn't work, it was only like a two hour investment. And then, you know, I can move on with my life. And actually, yeah, my first video got like 200K views or something, maybe a hundred. I don't remember exactly, but it went kind of viral straight away. And this, and at the beginning, it was just like a level of attention that I had never kind of experienced in my life. I think when you first experience virality, it really like messes with your brain. And that's actually something I study now in my research. I, I study kind of how rewards, so like likes, shares, comments on social media, basically mess with our brain <laughs> and how that affects our mental health and relates to our mental health. Uh, because it did really like it, you know, it kind of changes. Um, it, when I say mess with your brain, it's not necessarily in a bad way. I thought at the beginning, it was a really good feeling. You know, it's it's really like, it, it's it's really good, like it's a um like you really kind of it changes your self-image in a way and it also makes you as you said makes you really confident going back to confidence um and it was also really nice to just know that it was for the language stuff that i was getting this because that was kind of my initial dream in a way so um so it kind of yeah it felt like a an accomplished dream in a way um so yeah I and then I think then it becomes so there was a period where I was yeah it was kind of really happy really confident changed my it changed my self-view I kind of started identifying with like oh I'm a creator now uh I think that's 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 a common experience from what from talking to other people going through this and then it starts being kind of like a you go into like a maintenance stage where you're like well now I identify myself with this so I have to commit to it or you know some people don't but most people actually do feel this pressure to commit it's kind of like in psychology it's called like the sunk cost fallacy like if you invest time in something then it be, you become more likely to not want to give it up uh, it's that but it's also just like you identify with it and you're like I really think I can get more reward out of it I, I think I can get more likes and and you know this is at a very selfish level but this is kind of maybe the immediate like like animalistic motivator but then you also think at a, at a like higher level and deeper level that actually you know I mean I I believe my content is good for the world because I make kind of like I inspire people to learn languages I also inform them about linguistic theories and research and data and also about psychology research so then at a higher level at a deeper level I'm also like I should do this because I feel like you know people like it and people watch it and this is do this is good for people like they're getting there's so much misinformation out there that like just feeling that I'm contributing to like the side that is the side of TikTok or social media that is accurate just feels good and feels like you know it's kind of becomes like a sense of duty almost um yeah and but it is hard like it's kind of up there's a lot of ups and downs um there's a lot of you know sometimes you expect things to do well and people don't like them and then you're like you know the healthy thing to do is to just be like well I'm gonna do better next time or you know there's healthy ways of regulating your emotions but sometimes it's hard and sometimes you cannot do that and you just feel bad and so you know for people who might want to try this I think it's really really easy to start and it's really really it, you know you can just just give it a try and see how you feel about it but uh and, and I think it's really like it feels really good and it feels like 
you know, you feel like you have a community, you feel like you can, you, you're, you're definitely like re- not just reaching out to people, but you're also connecting with them and you find you sometimes, you know, you communicate with, with people and they tell you stuff and you can sometimes ask questions and you realize how many languages your followers speak. And it's just incredible. Like there's this sense of community, but it's also hard. And it's, you know, it's, it's a, it's not always super happy and easy and yeah. Um, but I think everyone should try it at least like once. <laughs> it's the future, I think, with like creating content and it, it's the fu- future of society. I think everyone will have their own little content creation niche at some point. Uh, I just wanted to take this quick sidebar to let you guys know that one of my favorite resources that I'm currently using, as you know, I'm, I'm intensively learning Korean, but regardless of the language that you're learning, an issue you might face is listening comprehension problems. So when people speak to you, you don't necessarily understand them. And maybe you have a certain ability to speak that language, but everything spoken back to you or any material you try to use uh, just sounds like gobbledygook. So what I try to do to get through this is I have specially made listening systems that speak the language slowly to me that are graded in terms of different language levels. And my absolute favorite for this is the pod 101 series. So if you go to languagehacking.com slash pod 101, uh, you will see a big long list of about 40 languages and you'll find the right one for your language. And this has been absolutely groundbreaking for me in terms of improving my skills because they break it up into levels. So I will see the easiest level when I'm a beginner, but I'll always try to push myself. So if I'm finding it a bit too straightforward, I will go up to the next level and they break it up into the European common framework, A1, A2, B1, B2, and so on. So I'll always try to push myself to the level a little bit higher than I feel I'm on. And it's very good because they'll give you a segment of a conversation and they'll explain that whole conversation then throughout the episode. And by the end of it, you will understand it where you didn't understand it when it was first played. So I'm a huge fan of the Pod 101 series. So again, that's languagehacking.com slash pod 101. Check that out and I guarantee you'll find it's very useful. So back to the show. So how can you ultimately find a balance that's good for your mental health? Because if you're just chasing those likes, then uh, that's uh, that's not really sustainable. And you're just going to uh, lead yourself into like crashing into depression or something because these apps are can be very random how the algorithms work. And if you base your, your self-worth on how many likes you get, then if uh, you just get that initial burst, but then it dries up, then you're going to feel miserable. So like, where where's the balance? Because like you said, you can make that positive impact on the world. So there, and for a lot of people, it can even become a revenue source and they can identify as a creator, but you want to kind of avoid the, the traps of living for these apps. Uh, so like, how can you find that balance? Because you have successfully grown that audience and you are, you are uploading content, but like, what level of consistency have you decided is going to work for your mental health? Yeah. Yeah. That's a really good question. And I think that's, that's exactly, I was going to actually mention consistency and finding a, a kind of 
consistency or frequency, I think is a key word here. And again, like related to my research, it's really funny how like this is very, this is literally what I'm studying right now. And I don't have results yet, but we'll, I'll update in like the next, I make a TikTok about it when I know. But I think it is literally, I think people have a like, have kind of a, tra- a trade-off between yeah how much effort you put into it and how much reward you're getting and that kind of relates to how you know frequently or like consistently you decide to post so i think if you really put in a lot of effort and you post really consistently and you're not getting that that those likes back and that attention you feel like you know you're putting so much effort in but no one's watching it then i really think that's that is like a really kind of red flag for for your mental health. And I think different people will have different, like, uh, I guess, thresholds or, or, or like points where it kind of feels like, yeah, I'm investing enough and I'm getting enough back, let's say. For me, it's actually like, it's pretty low. So I, 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 see myself as a pretty rare poster exactly because if I feel like if I put too much in and, especially if I sac- if I start sacrificing other parts of my life or like put in, you know, maybe like say no to social stuff or do less work, like less of my like research work to do TikToks, then I will be really, you know, at the mercy of likes. And I really don't want to be that. Um, but I'm, I've decided, you know, I'm, I'm less consistent. So I post sometimes in like good times, maybe like twice a week. But now, like in the past month, I haven't posted at all because I've just had such a busy month that I was like, you know, I need to be kind of 100% on on like, well, 100% minus what I did devote to like friends and like eating healthy and some exercising. But my like apart from that, I need to be 100% like I need to devote myself to my work because I'm, I have these deadlines and they're really important. And I just know that if I start posting I'm not, I'm, it's going to take, it's going to, you know, it's going to feel like a lot of effort and it's actually going to take my kind of attention away as well. I think that's also another important thing because I, I have ADHD and like if, you know, for people with ADHD, that's also a thing that like you, you might think that something takes a certain amount of time, like creating content. Maybe you're like, you make a video in two hours, but actually, especially if you have ADHD, that kind of like shifts your attention away. Like when I make a a video and I post it, I cannot stop checking that phone to see what's happening. And even if I'm not checking it, if I'm just scrolling, it just gets me onto the app. And it's, it makes it, it makes me really likely to just like spend like hours on end on it. And that's just like a trap that, you know, it's, you just learn, you just need to learn like how to avoid kind of these, these points, these like kind of almost triggers or like points where you're know, where you kind of see what's happening and you, you know where this is going to go. You just need to learn to avoid those things. And once you do, then it's like, then it's fine. Uh, I feel like I've done, I've learned most, mostly, but it definitely has been, you know, it's been, it's been a lot of trial and error to, to learn that. Um, but I think that's, you know, for people who, who want to create, that's a, that's a big, that's a big kind of, Thing they you kind of need to learn your own skin, but it maybe helps to like hear from someone else that you should be like should pay attention to that. Um, yeah, yeah. And uh, how do you decide? You know, when you are posting, how do you decide what you're going to talk about? Because uh, it's kind of it can be either extreme, where either 
you just don't have any ideas and you don't know like what can I possibly do a video about if you have the time and you feel like now's a moment to post a video or you have too many ideas and there's like a million things in your life in terms of linguistics and language learning that you could talk about. So what makes you decide this is what this video is going to be about? Uh, Do you try to maybe have a little bit of a plan or do you just have an idea, jump on it and post the video and not think too much about it? Yeah, so I think the I think the kind of the way I started and the maybe the more impulsive way is to just be like, now I have I just got an idea. I'm gonna drop everything and go film and edit it and post it like straight away. And I found that you know maybe obviously that is really like is not good and is it's it affects your mental health. It ruins you know whatever habits you might have, especially if you struggle like me to form habits in the first place. It just like completely whatever attempt you're putting into forming habits, like if you do this, it's just gonna, it's not gonna work. Like, it, you know, it can make you like, it makes me like not, like not do my, like not exercise at all or stuff like that. And it's just, I don't like it. So I stopped doing that. Instead, what I do is I, even if, even though I really get excited about ideas, like when I have an idea, I'm like, oh my God, this is the coolest thing in the world. Like I have to do it. I'm just like, I've learned to like calm down and be like, okay, I have a list. I have a spreadsheet with ideas and they're like links and sometimes also like potential text, although I don't really script myself that much. I mostly just think about the hook. So the first sentence that is really important that I think about and maybe I write it down, but anything else is like kind of more free form. Uh, But yeah, I have the spreadsheet and I just put it there and I'm like, sometimes I rank them in terms of like interest or like how, how excited I am about them. But I'm like, you know, I just have a, a a written thing that expresses that. And then so I can like, you know, I can emotionally, I just kind of regulate. And I'm like, okay, now I put it down for a time when I'll have time. And then I have maybe some, I used to do like a schedule time. So maybe every, um, I think I used to do like every Saturday afternoon, I would film, you know, a bunch of videos back to back. So I have a few for the, for the, following week I also found that stresses me out a bit because just the anticipation of that time and that fixed time that sometimes is sometimes it's fine because I have I'm pretty like chill that day or that week but sometimes I'm still like actually I haven't finished stuff uh and 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 it's it's also just like sometimes yes sometimes I'm like I I maybe have done some work and I do, like I have a, a a window of time I could do more, more work but I'm just tired of that activity so sometimes I just want to switch it up and maybe do TikToks so now I kind of do this more like flexible whenever I kind of have an idea of like the days when this might happen but it's kind of a so I have like maybe now I have like a Thursday Thursday is a maybe I think maybe like Saturday is definitely a maybe. Weekends are also a maybe, always a maybe. And then out of all these possibilities, I just choose on when I when that day comes, I choose, do I feel like it today? If I do, then I do it. If I don't, then I'm just like, you know, like I'll do the next one, which, which you know, which results in maybe not a, like a lack of consistency sometimes. So like this month, I was just like every every day in the past four weeks, I was like, I don't have, like now I don't have time. Even though I do have like, I have content that's ready to post. I just, 
even that I haven't had time to like edit because, you know, there's like, there's the posting side of it where, sorry, there's the like, con there's a filming side of it where you like film and it, that takes a while, but then there's also the editing and I don't have an editor, so I have to do it myself. It's also, you know, it's TikTok, it's not, it's not hard, but it does take, you know, like maybe an hour or something extra. So that, that also needs to be, um, um, counted in. And I usually do that before I post. So it's like, I film on one session, I post and I edit and post in another session. And then I kind of, that's it. And, um, there's also a bit of like responding to comments. That's just more like, I, that really gets me because I really like responding to people. I like talking, I like engaging with my audience. And it's hard because that also sometimes results in like mental health, uh, impact like kind of maybe sometimes really positive sometimes it's kind of mixed you know if you get you're there responding to like really nice comments and like thanking people and then some bam there's like a really critical like ad hominem really nasty comment that you just like see and are like you know as much as you're like you grow immune and you don't really care it kind of still feels like you know it doesn't feel great to like be criticized on where it feels like you know it's your kind of it's your page it's kind of feels like a safe space but it's not because you just get people commenting and people are giving me mean so yeah no that makes sense for sure um so uh, switching over now back to the your specialization because you had successfully learned english to the level that princeton university was very happy to take you on uh, how has what you've done in um, in academia with linguistics, how has that changed your approach to language learning and your ideas for language acquisition? Because you would have learned it independently before you came into the academic world. So what new concepts have you kind of uh, have influenced your language learning in recent years? Yeah, so I think, so I'm going to change the question a bit. I think I, because... So my research is kind of, my research involves language, but it's not directly eh, like on, I don't really study psycholinguistics directly. I mostly, I study some like language on social media, but it's more like, you know, English. It's not, it's not really like any kind of language comparison or, or any, any, anything about like grammar or like kind of linguist, more linguistics-y aspects. Um, but I will, I will maybe like answer, I will tell you like, cause I, I actually wanted to share this because I, I, it's, it's a thing that I, I keep, I, I tell people because I think that's, you know, that's helped me a lot. It's just, yeah, like linguistics or the study of, of, you know, the kind of the science of language, a lot of the concepts there, even though a lot of it is just like, kind of like, you know, almost trivia, fun facts to tell at parties or to, you know, for me to make TikToks about, a lot of it has actually really helped me learn languages. So, uh, so one area that really helps is just like, it's like, just like basic phonetics. So like the, the study of sound. So like the, the fundament of, of language, of any like spoken language is like the sounds we make. And what I think is, would I think everyone should do before they learn any language or actually especially if they want to learn more languages um is to go and study like the ipa the international phonetic alphabet so just go on there and try to understand it basically gives you an understanding of like actually there's the sounds that we make there's a lot of structure in them and like so for example like 
um, you know, any consonant you can kind of define as like you make it, you produce it by move, like putting your lip in a, like, or putting your tongue, placing your tongue in a certain way and letting air flow in a certain way and then vibrating your vocal cords or not. That's basically, that's basically it like to a very, well, there's other stuff, but that's like the simplest version. And that just helps you like realize on the one hand, like similarities between languages. So like, so that, you know, that helps me like, that has helped me realize that the, the R that French uses, that German uses, that Hebrew uses, they're all the same R sound. It's like a, what is it? Like a voiced uvular fricative. So that's just the, like, scient like scientific name for it. Uh, it just helps you, but it's also the same as like Arabic has that sound too. It's just not the R sound, what, what is transcribed as R. It's like a GH sound, but it's also R, right? It's the same sound, but I don't think, I think if you don't study this, it's harder to see these connections, but like the, the, just this linguistic fundament really helps you see them. And then it really makes you, when you learn a language, it's pretty fast to just like, okay, what are the sounds that this language has? Because each language takes from the whole set of possible sounds and just uses a few, right? It's like what, and it kind of, this, this really helps with that. And then there's like other stuff. So maybe an example from like phonology would be, so phonology is the study of sounds in words. So how different, what rules languages have about how, how which sounds can go into which words or like how depending on uh, like which sounds can be together. So an example of this that I like is um, like a lot of languages. So there's, so as I said, there's this like voiceless voiced. So, so, so voicing is this like vibration of vocal cords. So for example, like the, the sound s, like S and Z. So s, 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 if you like, if you do them, you can realize that you make them in the same way, only z, you vibrate your vocal cords with, S, you don't vibrate your vocal cords. So that's like, they're the same, they, they differ in voicing. So one is voiced, one is voiceless because you, that's the vibration of vocal cord. So that is like a thing that comes up in languages over and over again. So for example, um, a lot of languages have this thing called final devoicing. So uh, at the end of a word, they don't want you to have a voiced consonant, only a voiceless one. Actually, it's a type of consonant, but it's, it's refers to specific types of consonants, but um, for example, like in German, um, the word for and is un, is unt. It's written like, like und, but you don't pronounce the D as D, you pronounce it as T, which is the voiceless version. So again, like, uh, and, and this, this also happens in like Slavic languages. So like if you learn Russian, it's the same thing, even if it's written as with a V, uh, you pronounce it as F at the end. So like, you know, the Romanovs, the Romanovs in, in Russian, it's like Romanov. So it's with F. And like, sometimes you spell it in English, you spell it with like FF for that reason. So it's like, it kind of shows you like why, like this, this is like, this is like a fun example. I like, it just shows you like, why do we sometimes have Russian names spelled with V at the end and other times with FF at the end? It's because, well, it's the V letter, but Russian, when you have a V at the end, you pronounce it as an F which is the voiceless version of V. So again, this is like a very like, 
it's hard to explain. Like it took me a while to explain, but like once, like if you learn like the very basics of linguistics and the you know like phonology, a specific type of like sub like subfield of linguistics, that just becomes really really straightforward, I guess. Um, and so again, when I learn languages, I immediately am like, oh, this is that. Like this language has that feature, and I can tell. You know, when I first started learning Russian, I was like, oh, Russian has final devoicing, then whenever I, I I just automatically in my head, because I know what the pairs are, like that P, B, T, D, S, Z. So whenever I see like Z, D, I already know what how to, how to pronounce it as. I didn't have to like learn it. So um, yeah, and like, uh, yeah, other, maybe another short, quick example would be uh, a lot of languages don't have a word for to have. This is like, I made a TikTok about this. I really like this example. So a lot of languages, you know, how we say I have uh, bread in English, a lot of languages, or I have a pen, I think is the example I gave. Uh, a lot of languages don't have that and use sort of, they're called existential clauses. So like, instead of saying, I have something, you say like, there is something at me or on me. Um, so Russian has that Turkish. Irish is one of And Irish, well. right, yeah. And the Irish said, I am sorry is... Tabron Orum, right? Like there is sorrow on me. Yeah, I love I love that. So yeah, Irish. So yeah, so again, like if you know that that's a feature when, so when I, if I, I already know this about Irish, but if I didn't know anything about Irish, I went and read a line in the, in a, maybe a, there's, I really like Wikipedia for this because Wikipedia tells you literally in linguistics speak, tells you the features. So Wikipedia would tell me, oh, this language doesn't have to have, it has an existential cause. And then I un automatically understand, oh, it's, oh, it's like in Turkish, oh, it's like in Russian. So again, it makes it just easier to learn the grammar. It's like you already, like, even before reading like a grammar book, you already know what to expect. So yeah, I really, I, I really recommend language speakers, especially those who are maybe more, because some people really like learning from like experience, but those people who are maybe more analytical, I really recommend like just learning linguistics, watching, reading Wikipedia, watching YouTube, watching maybe watching TikTok. Some there's some great channels there as well. There's some books out there. Um, yeah, really recommend that. I think it it really helps with learning languages. So where do you see yourself going from uh, from here? Because like once you've finished your studies, like what uh, role are languages going to play in your life? Do you think TikTok will continue to be very central or do you see yourself going in a different direction? Yeah, I think I really, um, I really want to continue in academia. So I want to be a professor, um, but I want to be kind of a, like a scientific or a public communicator of, of science and of research. So, um, so I think, and I am, as I said, I am, when I said that things are starting to maybe come together in uh in terms of like my interests i i meant that like i am starting to maybe get more into like language or like linguistic methods in in my research as well and actually like maybe at some point it will all be kind of like more psycholinguistic so it will all it will kind of be just my two passions together and then i will be able to you know my Right now, I'm mostly talking about, you know, other people's research or like existing research. Uh, at some point, I want to use my TikTok to talk about, you know, my own research and like my lab's research. Um, so 
I will continue to learn languages. Um, mainly, I think primarily that comes from a, just a personal motivation. I want to learn, you know, I've always wanted to be a polyglot. I want to be a polyglot. Um, I'm learning Mandarin right now. Um, so there doesn't need to be any career reason, but I do think uh, moving forward, I think, so a, a big um, missing piece of the puzzle in in psychology research is just how culture affects different things about our psychology and so there's a you know there's a type of research called cross-cultural research where you're actually studying you know you're taking people from multiple countries and of course that means speaking multiple languages and 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 inter and you know like studying their their psychology or their i'm interested in mental health so maybe their mental health as well and i think that really um I really want to use my language skills to do that because what I see from people, I, I haven't done that. I haven't done that type of research yet, but what I see from people doing it is that just they're not really, the fact that they don't know anything about the language in a country or the culture in a country really kind of means they cannot really, they need basically collaborators, which is great, but there is like a, a barrier there in, in how they think about things. So I think, I, I really think that like at some point, I want to do this type of research and I really think that my um, just my understanding of different cultures through learning languages and also just the languages themselves uh, will help me better do that. And I think that's that's just such a unique thing that I don't think anyone has because I haven't seen other psychology researchers who are as into learning languages as me. So, um, yeah, so but yeah, um, but TikTok will definitely be i i really want i really like communicating with the public i really want like sharing science to the public and you know at some point i want it to be you know i'm hoping it will be like maybe bigger i will move on to youtube as well i do make reels now as well but maybe at some point you know going full circle i will actually end up on youtube um but for now you know it's i'm i'm folk i'm trying to as i as i said before balance this with my studies and my research and not just go full on uh full on tiktok because as as much as i love it it's like it's just it's just a part of me it's not all of me it's on my whole identity it's just part of it excellent so very last question that we actually ask all guests that come on the podcast because this is the language hacking podcast i'd love to hear what does language hacking mean in your life yeah that's a really it's a really interesting question. So I'm going to interpret it. I guess the the immediate interpretation that comes to my mind is just how do I manage to like maybe like insert language in my life, but also I guess the other side of it is like how do I hack language learning? I think they're kind of related because, you know, on top of everything I said, one thing that I maybe haven't talked about is just the day-to-day because ultimately, you know, my day-to-day isn't like making TikToks about languages or making, you know, doing these like studies with like multiple countries. I haven't even done that yet. My day-to-day is like, you know, talking to people, talking to friends, meeting people, watching Netflix, watching TV a lot, listening to music, uh, reading sometimes when I have time, like reading for, for, for leisure. And in all those things, I really like what you know, how language helps me and kind of opens another dimension. Um, so I have watched so much international TV, but 
I I try to watch I when I try to watch it in language in in languages I don't speak, it's not it doesn't feel the same. When I when I watch it in like for example Spanish or German or Russian that I already speak and can understand TV with like not with English subtitles with subtitles in the target language that just feels like I am understanding this fully. I'm understanding the jokes, the references, the like subtle thing. Of course not always, but I I it feels like I'm I'm there. I'm part of that, you know. Whereas yeah, when I watch it, when I watch other stuff, it's not it's it I, I and you know, my friends who don't speak the languages don't feel that when they watch international TV. And then um music is a big part. I really like singing as I said Frozen was a big <laughs> uh let it go multilingual version. I still like that I listen to a lot of international music um I like singing in different languages that helps with the pronunciation practicing pronunciation um and yeah and finally just people I think I really like meeting people and uh, of course there's a bit of like again a, another form of reward or positive feedback when you're like when people realize you speak their language they're always like oh my god really well not always sometimes they're like creeped out but <laughs> but they're mostly they're mostly like um they mostly like it and then i i just like um like when i go especially sometimes here i do it less because it's like i feel like the context doesn't make sense but when i travel and go to a country where i speak the language i feel like just talking to the to the people talking to the friends usually i travel to see friends so i have friends in in there that i I talk to in their language and they like you know they show me around they I meet their friends and it always feels like very like again like like with the TV it feels like I'm kind of part of it of course I'm not but it's it, I'm kind of participating in in different cultures and in different like just different forms of of like human experience in in a way that you know if i didn't speak the language i couldn't participate so i feel like yeah language is like it opens a diff another dimension and it open and it, it like just allows you to participate in so much more of what life is than 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 like than than how yeah i don't know then then without it i guess yeah yeah i don't know if that's what you meant by the question but <laughs> absolutely no, no, that, I always love hearing your interpretation. So that that's a, a great way of looking at it for sure. So this has been a fascinating chat with you and I'll make sure in the show notes we'll be sharing links to your TikTok, to your Instagram. People can find you that way and uh, they can definitely check out more of your fascinating content. So thank you so much for sharing your thoughts with us today. Thank you so much for the invitation. This was really fun and yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to your to seeing this out and to future episodes of the podcast. <laughs> Absolutely. So, until the next time, I'll wish everybody listening a very happy language learning. So that was a great chat. And at the end of these conversations, I always like to give you guys my takeaway. And something that Dan said that I really appreciated was trying to manage your enthusiasm the right way. And he was talking about it in the context of posting on TikTok that rather than when you have an idea, you kind of just drop everything and make it happen. Uh, this is actually something I'm implementing right now in my intensive Korean learning where I would come across something 
an aspect of the language that I don't quite understand. And rather than drop everything and decide I'm going to open up some tabs in my browser or I'm going to jump ahead in my book and I'm going to learn about this right now, it's very important for me to stay on top of my milestones and what I want to be doing each day in terms of how much I'm getting through a certain book or how much I'm preparing for an upcoming language class. So what I will do when I get inspired by something I really need to learn is I'll open up my calendar and I'll block time as soon as I have it. It might be the next day. It might be the weekend. And I'll block a big chunk of time, maybe three or four hours, and literally just be research how to have works in the past or whatever the issue I might be having. So I will block that on my calendar and I'll give myself a significant amount of time to do that. And I found it's worked, it's worked wonders because I was having the issue in my first week or two where I would see an issue and just go and try and solve it for a few hours. And while that approach is, uh, can be beneficial, it meant that I was losing momentum with everything else with my vocabulary study on Anki decks, uh, getting through the amount of chapters in the book that I want to get through. So I would recommend that in any aspect in your life, whether it's posting content on TikTok, if you wanted to get into that or learning your language, trying to be, uh, trying to stick to your process as much as possible. If you know it's working for you, which I do know my current project of Korean, I have a system that works for me and I don't want to break that system. So when I get inspired by something, especially things that are not related, like if I do feel like posting a TikTok, I will not do it in that moment. I will look at my calendar, block time later on, and then get back to what I'm currently working on. And uh, similar to Dan, I have ADHD, so I will get very tempted in the moment to break away from what I'm doing. And if I have uh, any kind of idea in my life that's not related to what I'm currently doing right now, I will make a note of it, a to-do, or I will just put it in my calendar and decide on Saturday, I will deal with this thing. And it takes that itch away, as it were, that I feel like I, I know I'm going to handle it. Whereas if I don't allow myself to put the time aside for that, then I may indeed just decide, I, you know, I have to do this now because otherwise I'll forget about it. And it's one way I've managed my ADHD that would get me away from being focused on the task at hand. And that's to decide it's okay if I do this distracting other thing, but let's do it later and let's assign a time later uh, or at least put it in my to-do list. And then I know I can get back to the task at hand. So um, uh, the fact that that was that came up in the context of content creation in this episode uh, is just a good rule of thumb in general for focusing on any kind of project that you might have. Uh, so I hope you enjoyed that takeaway, um, like uh, like I mentioned. And once again, uh, as I said during the the se- uh, segue in the episode, I do recommend you check out uh, the Pod One One series. So that's languagehacking.com slash pod 101. And that is my favorite resource to help with your listening comprehension issues. And they have uh, special episodes for uh, about 40 languages, special dedicated podcasts. So definitely check out languagehacking.com slash pod 101. And other than that, I will see you guys in the next one. So till then, happy language learning.
We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Language Hacking Podcast. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you found this episode valuable and want to help us out, please leave us a review at languagehacking.com forward slash review. The Language Hacking Podcast is presented by Benny Lewis, Shannon Kennedy, and Elizabeth Bruckner, and produced by Alice Semino, with special thanks to the Fluent in Three Months team. The theme music was written and performed by Shannon Kennedy. Find the show notes at languagehacking.com forward slash podcast. Thanks for listening and happy language learning.